morning, everybody. Welcome to worship this morning. Teen Challenge is with us today. And, yeah. We're really glad to see you here. Welcome, everybody. I'm Pastor Bruce. For those online that I haven't met before, welcome to worship this morning. And for all of those that are here, glad to see you. And as others come in, make sure you greet them and welcome them and make them feel right at home. Praise the Lord. We're here to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and to celebrate life that we share together in him. And so let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, it is a delight in our hearts to come to your house to worship you. We thank you, Father, for the presence of your Holy Spirit right here, the truth of your word, the gift of salvation that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that together we've come to give you praise and glory, that your name would be lifted up, that our hearts would be transformed, that we would be inspired by your truth and your Holy Spirit's work in our own hearts. Thank you, Lord. We pray now that you bless each and every one of us, and may we in turn, Lord God, be wonderful messengers of the good news here and around the world today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Hey, let's start worship with some music. How about that? Let's all stand up. I was just talking with some of the guys over here at um, the Teen Challenge just about how when you walk in the door, you've got a lot of things on your mind, and a lot of things have gone on last, last week, and uh, the minute you start to worship, the minute you really sing these words and really take them to heart, it just, everything just melts away, and your perspective is eyes fixed on Jesus, so I just pray as we sing that you just um, do that with all your heart. Okay, ready? Here we go. One, two. Come let us worship our King Come let us bow at His feet He has done great things See what our Savior has done See how His love overcomes Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. 
a blessing. And God, to have our eyes fixed on you this morning, to not turn back to what the world wants us to do and what our sinful nature wants to do. Father, we just want to turn and keep our eyes fixed on you and to worship you this morning with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you, Lord. We introduced this song last week, so it's new to us, so maybe you guys can learn along with us. Savior, 
Heavenly Father, it is such a delight to come into your house to worship you and to sing and to praise you. Thank you, Lord. We sing hallelujah, praise you, Lord. We sing it together and we celebrate together. And we're so grateful to have our brothers in Christ here with us, Lord God, with Teen Challenge. Thank you that together we are a family, a family in faith, saved by the grace that you've given us, Lord, in Christ Jesus, who did, in fact, die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, the past, the present, the future. Lord God, it is all secured by Christ, and we are set free. We thank you, God, that Brian will be preaching for us this morning. We pray your Holy Spirit fall upon him and transform all of our hearts as we hear the word. God, we thank you so much for the blessings, the eternal life that we have in Jesus who rose from the grave that guarantees that we have salvation and life in Christ, now and forever. We're grateful to you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you that you love us more than we would ever guess, but we experience it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, the kids are free to head down the hallway now for their Sunday school and Gabe and middle school high schoolers. Um, just a quick announcement that I forgot. Last Sunday, our mission team heading to North Africa it will be here in church on Father's Day next Sunday, and uh, there are They'll be sharing with us a little bit more about their ministry coming up, and as well, we'll be praying over them. There are also some clipboards in the back on the welcome table, and we would. there's about 21, 21 of us that are on their prayer list that they'll be sending us updates on how they're doing. We'll be praying for them. If you want to be part of that prayer ministry, put your name and your email at least on those clipboards back there, and we'll make sure that you get that information. And I think, and Father's Day is coming up next Sunday, so we're excited about that. <laughs> All right, if anybody finds Jenny's phone, let her know. All right. Um, we're going to invite Brian to come on up now and share the word with us. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Brian a favor. This is his first sermon outside Teen Challenge. Is this right? He graduated yes. from Bible school six months ago, so we are his his initial congregation here of a bunch of strangers. But I don't want you to see us as strangers. These are your brothers and sisters Praise in Jesus God. Christ who are rooting for you, my friend. Praise God. And enthused to hear your, your message for us today. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to turn you loose. Amen. I love that. Praise All God. All right. Heavenly Father, God, it is such a joy to be in your house together with Brian and all the men of Teen Challenge. Amen. God, we thank you that you have appointed this Sunday 
to bring the message to us through Brian. And I pray now that your Holy Spirit falls upon him and all of us as we hear the word. And Lord, may we respond in kind for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brian, thank Hallelujah. You so much. Thank you, Pastor Ruth. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I hope you all are well. I am privileged and honored to be here today. So like Pastor Ruth said, my name is Brian Brown. I'm 36 years old and I'm not much for preaching, but I am much for storytelling. And one of my favorite stories is a story of love and redemption. It's a story of somebody who was lost and got found. It's my story. See, the verse I want to start with today comes out of John 8, 832. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. My story starts with two broken parents developing a broken home and raising a broken son. From a small town in uh, California called Oildale, it's about 20 minutes outside of Bakersfield. It's in the middle of nowhere with nothing much to do. And in that town was a lot of drugs and alcohol, a lot of violence, a lot of recklessness, and I found myself in the middle of it. At eight years old, I started drinking, and I started drinking on a regular basis. By 12 years old, I was using meth, heroin, marijuana, pills, uh, hallucinogenics, and anything and everything I can get my hands on. By the time I was 13, I was already using a needle. By the time I was 14, I was already involved in gang life. So I'm a numbers guy. My numbers are are 20 years of meth and heroin addiction and everything else that I could get my hands on, 25 years of alcoholism, and 20 years of active gang life. My teenage years were spent inside of California Youth Authority, which is essentially a juvenile prison. My 20s consisted of me in chaos and destruction with three children by two women. My children were left in the wake of my bad decisions my families were broken. My life was lost. I was destroying myself every day with no glint of hope, with nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, and nothing to look forward to. I found myself at 30 years old with six suicide attempts already, six overdoses, more alcohol poisonings than I can count, stabbed, shot, beaten, and left for dead, and nowhere to go. At 32 years old, my life came to a climactic point. I had found myself buried in a hole behind a Walmart that I had dug that was the same size as a grave, living underneath a makeshift tent, stealing and robbing everything I could just so I can get a daily high and find enough alcohol to stop the shakes. I found myself at a point to where I finally screamed out to God, is this all I'm gonna ever be? An alcoholic dope fiend? a mess, a lost man, is this what you have for me? Because up to that point, I knew there was a God. The world's too beautiful not to know there's a creator. But I figured if there was a God, he didn't care much about me, and I was probably the lowest thing on his priority list. So that night when I screamed a prayer out to God and threw a bottle across the highway and said, you know what, if you're going to change my life, it's now or never, because I've got a plan. Tomorrow's going to be it. I'm done. I woke up that morning, and I took a massive amount of drugs. And I slammed it into my arm, and I went about my day, hoping that maybe, just maybe this time, this overdose would take. Maybe it would finally happen, and I would die. 
I ended up giving myself a drug-induced stroke. The stroke led me to the hospital, and when I got to the hospital, the doctors couldn't get a word out of me. I was incoherent. I had right-side paralysis, slurred speech, and all the thing I can keep saying was help. They didn't know that I had a massive amount of meth and heroin in my system, along with a few other over-the-counter prescription drugs. So when they gave me a medication to help with the stroke, it stopped my heart. For three minutes and 45 seconds, I died. You know, most people read books, and we hear about a white light, some warmth and brightness. I didn't see that. I seen pitch black. Darkness, it was so engulfing, it felt like a weight and pressure on my chest and a terror that I've never felt in my life, and I have been in some scary situations, ladies and gentlemen. But the fear I felt was a separation from a love so vast. See, when we think of hell, we often think about flames and a pit, but hell is just the separation from a love that cares so much for you it encompasses the world and gave his only begotten son so that you might live. That's hell. Hell is separated from a love so pure that it will do anything for you. That's hell. In that moment, God showed me your eternity resides here unless you follow me. I have a plan for you, but you need to know the truth. They hit me with the defibrillator three times. For those who don't know, there's three settings on one. When they hit me with the third and final setting, the highest voltage they possibly could, I came to. Praise God, I got a second chance. At the time that I came to, they had my vitals all over the board and had to put me in a drug-induced coma for 12 hours just to stabilize me. I finally came to and I had a breathing tube down my neck and IVs in my arms and machines and doctors all around me and I had no idea what happened, where I was, or what, it, what, it, what the next day was gonna be like, but I knew one thing, it was time to change. It was time for something drastic to happen because I had done drastic measures to ruin my life. I needed a drastic measure to change my life. A friend of mine told me about Teen Challenge. I kind of chuckled at him. I said, dude, I'm 32 years old. What do you mean Teen Challenge? I need grown man challenge. What are you talking about? <laughs> he told me, man, it's this wonderful faith-based program. They'll give you a bed. They'll feed you three squares, a hot shower. They'll help you get your life on your feet. And there's one thing that you need more than anything. You need to find the truth about Jesus. So I walked into the doors of Teen Challenge January 30th of 2020. When I walked in, like I said, I knew there was a God. I've seen the ocean. I've seen beautiful sunsets. I've sat and stared at vast night skies. I knew there had to be a creator. None of this stuff is by chance. There had to be some artist out there who perfectly made everything. I mean, you can't stare at a night sky and think about where you are in the universe spinning continuously away from the sun and how close you have to be for us to freeze and how far away we'd have to be for us to burn up and not say that there wasn't somebody who created all this, who aligned the planets and shined up the stars and perfectly put everything together. You cannot tell me. So I knew, okay, there's, there, there's a God. But he still doesn't care about me. Why would he care about me? All I've ever done is rob, lie, cheat, steal, all I've ever done was all the worst things to all the best people in my life and never looked back. I got into class in my first 30 days and I had never really opened up a Bible. I did a couple times when I was locked up, but that was just to give me something to read. I never intaked it. And I opened up the Bible and today's lesson was John 8:32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If there was one thing I knew, Free was something I wanted to be. I couldn't keep a needle out of my arm. 
I couldn't keep a bottle out of my hand. I could not not do drugs. It just wasn't possible. There was no way. I was so engulfed in sin, so intertwined with bondage, so pressed down in my life that it was a, I had to do it. My mental aspect said I needed to get high. My body craved it. How could I get free? Question bigger. Could Jesus really free me? Can the Almighty's Son actually do what he says? I read the Bible. I've seen him heal the lame, give sight to the blind, make the deaf hear, the mute speak. He raised people from the dead, and I knew one thing. I was dead. Whether it be that day or 10 years later, if I didn't change my life, I was dead. More importantly, I found out I was dead in my sins, my transgressions, my iniquities. I found out that only through Jesus would I be able to have a life that was full and abundant. One day a guy sat me down and he said, do you know what God paid for you? God ain't paid nothing for me. If he made me, he just threw me to the side. I'm not worth of anything. I'm not, I ain't got no value. You know what I've done? Do you know who I am? Do you know how many people I've hurt? There's no way I have value to my life. He looked me dead in the face and said, God loved you so much, he gave the one thing he loved the most for you. He left the 99 just for you. I'd always heard that, but I never really understood it. Until one day I read The Prodigal Son. We know the story. We've seen it. Day-to-day lives, people we know. It's been played out in movies a million times, and the story never really hit until I realized one day when the guy was getting ready to eat the pig slop. That was me. I was then taking every sloppy and nasty and dirty and vile thing to put into my body. I was doing everything the prodigal was. I wasted all the gifts God had ever given me. I had scholarships in school. I had really good grades in school. I actually was pretty smart when I wanted to be. Wasted it. I was a pretty intelligent guy. I threw that to the wind. Had a decent family. They had their hang-ups. But I threw that away. Every good gift God had ever given me, I threw to the side. And somebody told me that God gave me another gift. Salvation. Eternal life. And the way my life was going, I didn't want to live forever. But if God can change it, if Jesus can change my life, I might want to live forever with him. So I went through the year. I gave my life to Jesus on a very hard and difficult night, 16 days into kicking heroin where I didn't feel good at all. And I can't describe to you, think about the worst flu that you have ever had and magnify it by a million. It's the most horrible thing. My very bones were on fire. My body hurt and I was just sweating through my sheets and I couldn't do anything about it. Nothing I took, nothing I drank, no possible medication they could give me. I had to do it cold turkey. And I laid on my bed with my earplugs in because I had a roommate who could snore so loud he'd suck the drywall off the roof. (laughs) And I'm laying in this bed and I'm like, all right, look, Jesus, it's time. I said the prayer earlier in church in some dusty chapel in the middle of of nowhere and I, I told you I'd give you my life and I'll follow you wherever and I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. I'll do it, but I need you to show up right now. I read about Gideon. He put out a fleece for the Lord and said, man, you make that dry and wet around, I believe it's you. And then hard-headed like I am, he said, wait, 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 now I need you to make the fleece dry and everything opposite. So I told the Lord, all right, if you're real, and this is the most dangerous prayer I ever prayed, guys, pay attention. If you're real, 
you will take away my craving for drugs, and you will meet me in my need. I had earplugs in, and I heard what sounded like logging chains falling from a skyscraper onto asphalt. The biggest clash of metal ever. And I sat up in the, in the bed and pulled my earplugs out, and I'm like, dude, did you guys hear that? Now, mind you, all the guys that are in my bunk have been there for about two months, so they're good and sober, got some weight on them, their minds calmed down. They look at the new guy who's two weeks into the program and still talking to things that aren't there, and they're like, dude, you're smoked out. Shut up and go to bed. We didn't hear nothing. I'm like, no, I heard something. They're like, no, we didn't hear nothing. Put my earplugs back in. I'm like, fine, I'm going to bed. Went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and for the first time ever, I didn't think about slamming a needle in my arm. Every other morning before that, I'd wake up and think, man, what I wouldn't give right now. Heck, for a cigarette. A half a cigarette. Just to smell the shot of vodka. I'd give anything. That day I woke up, and the first thing I thought was, man, I could really go for a cup of that really nasty black coffee they serve in the kitchen. <laughs> they always burnt the coffee in Teen Challenge. It's like a trademark. <laughs> and I was like, I, was like I-, I could go for a cup of coffee. I sat down to read my Bible, and I was doing one of those year-long Bible devotionals where you read a little bit of the Bible every day. And that day, John 8. So I read through John 8, and I seen that scripture again. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I said, man, that, that prayer worked. Jesus heard me, and the truth was he was listening The truth was, he cared enough about me in that moment to take my pain away, to take away my Jones and my want for a fix and my need for a lifestyle that was killing me. So two weeks in, about 16 days into my program, the Lord miraculously showed up and took away everything. All of my cravings for heroin and methamphetamine, gone. He left the craving for a cigarette, though. He left it because I believe like Paul's thorn in the flesh, I had to have something to be praying to him about constantly to keep myself in relationship with him and make sure that I know I still needed Jesus. So I went through my program. I did myself uh, 120 days due to COVID inside of the induction program, which was in Shafter. I graduated out of the induction program. They told me, hey, man, you're going to Riverside. This is the training phase where you'll get to learn everything you need to know to either pursue ministry or to go out and to be successful in your life. So I went in, and mind you, when I walked into Teen Challenge, I was 100 pounds dripping wet. When I got to the castle, I was 180, and I did the nine months at the castle, and by the time I was done, I was 225 pounds worth of biscuits and gravy every Saturday morning. (laughs) And I was of sound mind. When I walked in, I was talking to things that weren't there, auditory hallucinations, uh, visual hallucinations, paranoid schizophrenic with drug-induced schizophrenia. Technically, they deemed me insane. I spent 72 days inside of a mental institution before they released me into Teen Challenge's custody. The Lord healed me from that without a single prescription drug, without a single pill that the world will tell you you need. The Lord healed my mental health issues. And to this day, he is still helping me with my anxiety on a daily basis as I'm standing up here saying Psalms 23 in the back of my head in the mighty name of Jesus because I know that he leads me. The Lord has healed me from so many things because I learned the truth of who Jesus is. Not who he was, but who he is. See, today I think somebody in here needs to be reminded that miracles happen. I think somebody in here has been praying for a miracle for a hot minute and it ain't been happening. They kind of feel like giving up and kind of feel like it's never going to come too. But 
Let me tell you, if you need to see a miracle today, don't even look at me. Look at the 20-some-odd guys that are sitting in here changing their life right now in Jesus. These are miracles every day when they wake up and they decide to follow Christ instead of go back out to what the world said. These are miracles that have decided to do what they know is right in the Lord. Every single one of these men have made a decision to follow Jesus, and that song was so beautiful. He is enough. He is more than enough. He is all in all. He is everything we need to sustain us. We might not get what we want, but Jesus gives us what we need. So I went through the year. I got done graduating. In that time period, due to my medical condition and the first stroke I had, within a year time, I'd had three other small TIAs. You know, little hiccups where my body said one thing and my brain said another, and I had to go to the hospital, and they're like, can't do much about it, Brian. Something's wrong. We can't find it. I'm like, well, in the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord will put it out when he's ready. So January 7th comes along, and I'm getting ready to graduate the program. I'm getting ready to step into what's called an apprenticeship, a student leader. And by the weight that I gained and the fact that I like food, they had me in the kitchen because I like to cook. So I'm about to become the kitchen apprentice. And I'm two weeks away from graduating. And I'm sitting in class, and it's an amazing session with one of my favorite teachers. And I looked down to start writing, and I looked back up, and one teacher turned into three. And a metal taste came into my mouth, and I said, ooh, I don't feel so clunk. And my heart stopped, and my body went into convulsions. And right there in the middle of the chapel, I had my fourth stroke. I woke up inside of the hospital. This time, no breathing tube down my neck. Thank you, Lord, because that thing sucks. And I'm laying there, and they got IVs in me, and they got me hooked up to monitors, and I'm like, all right, Lord, why? My only question is why. I've been eating healthy. I've been doing what I need to do. I've been exercising. I've been reading your word, praying over myself, prophesying in the name of Jesus, good health. I get home. They tell me, hey, Brian, due to your medical condition, we've got to send you home. But you've been such an amazing student and transformed your life in Christ. We're going to graduate you two weeks early. And if you can find out in 30 days what's wrong, we'll give you your apprenticeship back. I said, all right. So I went home to the only place I had, about 90 miles outside of a little town called Taft. is a place called California Valley. It is desert for 120 miles in all directions. But my mom lives out there because she likes to grow wildflowers and sunflowers, and it's where she has her farm. So I went to my mom, and she was still in her addiction. She's still struggling through her, her battles. And I got to see my mom for the first time sober. In over 15 years, she got to see her little boy with light in his eyes. So I got to see my mom, and it was amazing. I got to lead her in the, in the prayer of salvation and help her to come to some realizations in Christ and got to preach the word to my mother, who was a double felon and a, an addict for as long as she can remember. Eight days after getting home, my mom took, uh, my mom took a bunch of pills out of her medicine cabinet and had an accidental overdose. At 11 o'clock on the 19th in the morning, I found my mom passed away in her bed. And I knew the Lord had took her to, I knew the Lord had took her to his table. But at that moment, I was mad. At that moment, I was angry. I've been serving you, Lord. I've been doing what you wanted me to do. You said you were going to set me free from these things. Why did you do this? I found out I had a crack in my foundation. And I ran back to the bottle and not to the Bible. I found myself drinking for another about 60 days. I tried to drink the pain away, but alcohol didn't have the same effect. I tried to get high. No matter how much I did, I couldn't get high. 
it dawned on me, about two months into me doing this, that the reason it didn't have an effect on me is the Holy Spirit had took residence inside of me, and I'd been set free. What used to hold me didn't have the same effect. So I walked away from it again. I said, it's time to figure out really what the Lord wants. Because if that's not going to work, i got to go with what I know works, and that's Jesus. So I repented and I turned away. And I realized, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So I walked into my grandma's house and I said, look, i got to find out why I'm having strokes. She said, all right, let's go to the doctor. Went to the doctor, they did a bunch of x-rays, EKGs, laser beams, this, that's, the others, pokes, prods, flips, dubs. It was amazing how many tests they could go on ahead and perform on a guy in a day. But they finally found a blood clot that had been developed over time that was inside of my, the left side of my head. And that was covering a blood vessel passageway. And that was causing my strokes. So through the Lord's medicine, because I firmly believe that the Lord created science, through the Lord's medicine, they dissolved the blood clot in my brain with some pills over about a 30, 45-day period. And I was able to go into restoration in San Diego, California. I called San Diego, and I said, man, I, I slipped, I fell, but I want to come back. I want to finish what the Lord has started in me. I want to see where God will do with a, a knucklehead like me. And so they opened the doors for Teen Challenge in San Diego for me, and I came in. A restoration is generally six months. I'm hard-headed in a special case. I did eight. So in that eight-month time, the Lord had really given me a burning desire and passion to further my education when it came down to knowing who he was. Teen Challenge offers this wonderful option for those that graduate after their apprenticeship or restoration. It's called Teen Challenge Ministry Institute, which is an accredited Bible college through Global, Global University in the Berean course. It's an on-site place where you get to go and men and women get to learn how to be ministers, how to be preachers, evangelists, how to be missionaries, how to be worship leaders. And me, I like music, so I was like, I'll go for music. So I went. I joined in in December of 2021. I went into TCMI, and I just graduated last December and actually completed my Bible college courses and came out and to be able to work here in uh, the Portland ministry. The Lord had opened up the doors for Portland, and when I say Portland, I mean Estacada. The Lord had opened up the doors for the Portland Men's Teen Challenge, and for me to be able to show up and, and to work here is an absolute honor and a privilege. So, in that time, in the last six months, the Lord has given me a driver's license after not having one for over 10 years, a car free of charge, and thank you Jesus on that one. He's given me my own place. He's given me a life. And the most important and absolute amazing thing that he has given me is my wife, Brooke. We just got married last month. See, when you know the truth, when you know the truth, you can't deny it. See, I can't go back. And I love the fact that the worship team sang that song. Dang, you're knocking me to my knees. Because there is no turning back for me. I tell the gentlemen all the time when we're talking. One of them thinks, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and do it. I can't do that. I put a bottle in my hand, whether it be five minutes or five years, I'm going to die. I put a needle in my arm, more than likely it's going to be instantaneous. I go one step back and I can ruin everything. I have so much to lose. But I know the truth. 
I know I've been set free. I know that I've been given a gift. And I know that now I have a responsibility with that. See, I got three points for this sermon. It's not even really a sermon. It's just a testimony of what God's done in my life. My first point is that we need to preach the truth. Not just here. It's great that we preach it here. The guys get to preach the truth at the thrift store whenever they're working. I get to preach the truth when I'm at my chiropractor and I got to evangelize to a dude who said he didn't believe in God right before he snapped my back in three different places. That was most amazing, too. I got to evangelize to a guy at the laundromat while I was folding my shirts. You never know if you're going to be the only Bible somebody sees in their lifetime. You never know if you're going to be the only person that they might listen to. The only time that they might hear that word that will set them free for them to hear Jesus. More importantly, for them to see Jesus in your life. The main reason that I, I love working for Teen Challenge is that sometimes I forget. I get that spiritual amnesia. Book of Exodus, if you want to know where that is. I keep forgetting sometimes of how much God's brought me out of. But every day I get to see one of these men walk through a miracle. And it reminds me, oh yeah, I remember going through that. I remember being there. I remember having to fight that battle. And it keeps me grounded. It keeps me reminding that I know the truth and that that truth has set me free. Second point is that no matter what, once you are free in Christ, you're free in Christ. We'll slip, we'll fall, we'll stumble, we'll bumble, we'll drop the ball, but we must just repent and come back to the Lord. I tell the brothers all the time, whenever we have a, a bad day, it doesn't make it a bad lifetime. A brother told me the other day that a bad minute doesn't make a bad hour. And a bad hour doesn't make a bad day. And a bad day doesn't make a bad week, and a bad week doesn't make a bad month. And a bad month doesn't make a bad year. One mistake, one mistake can take you someplace you don't want to go, but the Lord can bring you back from it. As a restoration student, I know this. A lot of my brothers that are restos here, they know it. My third and final point is that the love that Jesus shows encompasses all. Every mistake, every doubt, worry, fear, anxiety, all stress, all the things that you could possibly sitting in your chair right now saying, Brian, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. Nah, I, I sure don't, but I know what I've done. And he's forgiven me. And for me, he did. For you, he can too. See, they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. And I've said probably about 200 and something over a thousand easily. So I got a picture for you guys. And if I can just get that up. The Brian that you see on the left is a 20-year meth and heroin addict, 25-year alcoholic, 20-year active gang member. The Brian that you see on the right was smiling because the Lord gave him his license back just last month. <laughs> That's the transformative powers of Jesus. And perhaps somebody in here needs to know that the family member they're praying for, that the loved one they're praying for right now has hope. That's hope. That's what Jesus does. That's freedom in Christ. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Since we're talking about freedom in Christ, let's talk to one of our brothers. Kyle? 
Kyle is one of our interns, which means Kyle gets to come up here and have some fun with me. <laughs> Let me grab my Kyle. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. <laughs> so I told Kyle earlier this week, I'm going to interview at you at Sunday. And Kyle said, I'm nervous, but we're going to do it. So let's have some fun. Kyle, where were you before Teen Challenge? Uh, before Teen Challenge, I was in a really broken space. I was uh, uh, living at my friend's house, my uh, friend who died. And I didn't have anywhere else to go because I got kicked out of my parents' house. And so I lived at his house with his little brother. And it was tormenting um, being in his house, and we were really close. And it was just like really dark place in my addiction, too. How did you get to Teen Challenge? Um, I was very delusional and scared, but uh, it was actually after my friend died, I started reading the Bible again. And um, it just kind of led me to get back in touch with my grandparents, who are strong Christians to this day, and uh, they're some of my biggest inspirations. They told me about the program, and I met with some people from their church, told them my story, and they said, uh, Teen Challenge is the perfect place for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So tell us a little bit about your studentship. Okay. Um, my, my first, like, two weeks was just uh, terrifying, I'll say. <laughs> um, I was really scared. I, I couldn't talk to anybody. Um, I was just scared to look at people. So I was like, I was just looking down all the time, walking through the halls. Um, it's just intimidated by the world uh, because of all the, the demons I had in me. And um, they said I got to stay two weeks because uh, I don't know what they saw, but they saw something in me. And um, I'm, I'm starting to learn about that now. Amen. Amen. So you graduated your studentship. Obviously, you stayed a little longer than two weeks. <laughs> so you're an intern. Yes. What does that mean? So as an intern, I'm learning staff responsibilities, and I am now six months in. So that's uh, a year and six months in Teen Challenge. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give me two things that you love about being an intern. About being an intern. Um, number one would definitely be seeing these guys' lives change. That is better than any check or anything that I could ever get is seeing God change lives of men who were broken where I was. And it's just the most beautiful thing. And um, I guess the second thing is just being part of a community and having brothers and not feeling alone. Amen. Amen. So we talked about where you were, talked about where you are. You know, my next question, where do you see the Lord taking you? So um, I actually want to praise Brian a little bit here. So uh, Lord. in my past, uh, I worked as like a dishwasher and in kitchens and stuff. And so I had a little experience and um, I told Brian about that when he came on the staff. And so uh, he threw me in the kitchen and started training me, <laughs> and uh, it was honestly really fun, and he is one of the reasons that I have the confidence I do today. Um, All glory to God. Yep. Amen. All glory to God. Amen. And um, I am seeing myself as the uh, overseer of the kitchen next year, 
hopefully, we'll, we'll see. Uh, they might throw me somewhere else at first, but um, that's my hope. Amen, amen. Let me tell you, uh, Kyle, when I very first met him, was very shy, very much frazzled over the littlest things, very much just didn't know what to do. Today, this mighty man of God controls and handles everything to do with the kitchen. Underneath staff supervision, he runs the menus, the inventory, helps out with the shopping, helps out with production, and I think every guy in here can agree that no waistlines are, are suffering from the food in the kitchen. That's for dang sure. <laughs> we gained the, we, it was with, with Teen Challenge 50, you know what I mean? Teen Challenge, you gained about 50 pounds, give or take. You know what I mean? So Kyle's been an amazing asset, and to see what the Lord's going to do in your life is going to be great, bro. Thank you very much, man. So there's 20 other testimonies in these rows. And I can bring every single one of these guys up here, and they could tell you testimonies of the same thing. Terrified when we very first come in. Afraid, but hopeful. See, Teen Challenge is a vessel the Lord uses to change many lives across the nation and the world. We're in 130 countries worldwide. We're in almost every single state across the nation. We have 14 centers just in the Pacific Northwest. That's a lot of hope out there. But to explain more, my brother Alex is going to come on up. Hi, everyone. My name is Alex Tatnan. I'm the Outreach and Education Coordinator for the Portland Men's Campus in Estacada. Can you hear me? I feel like I can't hear through this. Right up here. Okay. All right. So I'm the Education and Outreach Coordinator for the Portland Men's Campus, and I've had the privilege of working on staff with Teen Challenge for three years. I began as a volunteer, part-time, very part-time, severely part-time is what our director used to say, because <laughs> he wanted me to be there more. Um, and then I went full-time with Teen Challenge in December of this last year. Um, so my role is, I've got a couple of roles, but I'm gonna refresh all of us on our four-phase, or our four-part comprehensive program that we have that we run. First is it's a residential program. So anyone who's enrolled in Adult and Teen Challenge lives on site. We have a year-long program, 12 to 15 months, and then we also have a 90-day program, which is 90 to 120 days. Um, next, the next part of our program is the discipleship part. That's the education side that I run. We have a curriculum that we need to run everyone through annually to maintain our accreditation. It's amazing. I have gone through the curriculum myself um, just as a personal devotional uh, about 16 times in the last three years, and it's helpful for me to keep me refreshed and keep, me, keep my spirit seeking what I need to be seeking. Next is vocational training, and that's gonna be, we've got our thrift stores. that We have one here in Oregon City that we're launching hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Everyone's super excited about that. And then also we have our uh, Portland thrift store as well on 82nd and Foster. The next part of the program that we have is our clinical counseling service called Life Renewal. They, uh, they work they work for us. They, we partnered with Life Renewal about three years ago, and it's been awesome to have them. Clinical counseling is an extremely vital part of not only recovery, but it's a vital part of life as Christians. It's a vital part of um, becoming who it is that we're called to be. So I can't say enough about our clinical counseling service as well. It's about 15 hours a week per client, per student. So um, that's how that works. And um, 
Anyways, uh, as far as how I got involved with Teen Challenge, my mom went through the Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge program in 2006. She got clean and sober from about 15 or 20 years of meth, heroin, and alcohol use. I myself have never struggled with substance abuse, but I grew up in that, in, in that world. Um, I was pretty encapsulated in it as well. So um, I wouldn't be here with ad without Adult and Teen Challenge, without the work that God does through this program. And um, so because of how Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge served me and my family and saved my life and brought my family back together, it is my high privilege to serve on staff at the Pacific Northwest Adult and Teen Challenge campus in Estacada. So that being said, I just want to remind everyone, I have a million of these door hangers. So please ask me for some, because I'm having dreams about them. And they're all over my car and all <laughs> over my house. And I just got word from our, uh, my divisional lead that I have 2,000 more to pick up from the thrift store this afternoon. So <laughs> lucky me. So uh, please spread the word about our thrift store. We do free donation pickup. I will leave some of these in the back on our table, so please grab them. The phone number is there, accessible for you to, to grab that and to pass them out to anyone that you know. We have been hitting some of the neighborhoods here in Oregon City, but um, like I said, we've got much more work to do, so that'll be a bigger project for the next couple weeks. Um, Brian, amen. take it away. Amen, amen. Thank you. So I'd like to talk to you at this time about the student sponsorship. So the average cost for a student in the program is $3,500 a month. A third of that is taken care of through donations and outreach effects of the staff members. Another part of it is taking care of vocational training, which leaves about $1,200 a month that we do fundraising with events like this. Uh, when the student graduates or completes, they don't get a bill. We don't hand them a receipt. We don't hand them an IOU. We hand them a certificate and a diploma. We hand them a hug and encouragement. See, this is important to me and dear to my heart because when I came into the Adult and Teen Challenge, I didn't have anything but a backpack that smelled like sweat and alcohol and two pairs of socks in it. I had a holy pair of shorts and a wife beater on, and that was it. And I'd burnt every bridge that I could possibly. I made new bridges and burned them. I didn't have any way of getting any funds. But because somebody sponsored me, because somebody loved me before I loved myself. Because somebody cared enough to give their money for a cause that changed my life. I'm here today. So student sponsorship is available for $45 a month. It's available also for you to be able to get involved in the students' growth and discipleship. You'll get a packet with the student's name and information. You'll be able to have correspondence with the student. Because some days we need a letter from somebody we don't know telling us how good Jesus is. To remind us, you know what I mean, we need to stay right where we are. I wanted to leave a couple times in the program, and I got, we had a prayer mom set up down there, and I got a letter from my prayer mom at the right time with a bag of candy, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll stay another week. I'll do it. I'll, I'll hang out. We'll see what happens. That little encouragement helps. That knowing that somebody's investing in your future when you can't even invest in it helps. So if you'd like to know anything about student sponsorship, talk to me or Alex at the back. We can give you the information. But I also want to talk to you about another partnership that we have for you. See, every Saturday, the men get together for intercessory prayer. Every Saturday, they circle up inside of the chapel, and they pray for prayer requests that are put inside of the box back there on the table. So back there is a stack of prayer requests and bins for you to be able to fill out a prayer request for yourself. 
for your congregation, for your loved one, for somebody you know that's struggling for anything. And we'll petition heaven on your behalf. We'd love to partner with you in prayer as you partner with us in prayer. That way we might be able to strengthen each other from afar. Prayer is our weapon that we can be able to send over any distance. No matter what, we know that God's word does not return void and that his will will be done. So I just want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys first and foremost for having us out here, for giving us an opportunity to be able to come out and share the good news of what Jesus is doing today in our lives and what Jesus is going to be doing tomorrow in more men and women's lives across the nation. Thank you guys for your time. And if you have any questions, you can talk to any one of these wonderful gentlemen, me, Alex, Kyle, and we'd love to answer them. So with that, let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne humbly in the name of Jesus to thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in the lives of these men and the lives of the congregation. Father God, we pray a blessing over this church, Lord. We ask you to unleash your storehouses on them, Father God. Let your anointing run upon this church and congregation, Father. And as you continue to use them as vessels for your word, Father God, strengthen them where they feel weak. Guide them where they feel lost, Lord. If there is anything of anxiety, depression, worry, stress, fear, double-mindedness, or mind-binding spirits, we bind it and cast it down in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to have your will in our lives and that you continuously refresh us so that we might be refreshed for others, Lord. We just give you all praise, all honor, our glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Amen. We, do have, we do have one video that we'd like to show you on our student sponsorship, and we're going to play that right now. In 1958, David Wilkerson traveled to New York City to preach the gospel to teenage gangs. He quickly recognized that drug and alcohol addiction was consuming the lives of the youth. Adult and Teen Challenge was founded to address the growing addiction epidemic. And today the need is greater than ever, and everything we do always comes back to our primary mission, to make disciples. We want to put hope within reach of every addict. In 1983, Mike Hodges opened the first campus in Oregon, and now the Adult and Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest Family of Ministries has expanded to five states throughout the region. For the last four decades, we have been growing and refining our approach to the discipleship process. We recognize that people need more than just sobriety. They need every area of their life to be transformed by the gospel. So we offer a comprehensive approach to recovery. At the core of our ministry is our residential recovery program. When students walk through our doors, they meet Jesus. And when they meet Jesus, the transformation process begins. Within the structure of a campus and in the community of peers and our staff, they develop spiritual disciplines. They learn how to pray, how to study scripture, how to worship, and how to be lifelong disciples of Christ. And as their faith grows, they find freedom. It's a sanctuary. It's a place to check out from this craziness of this world and not have all the pressures of responsibilities, but just one thing in mind, establishing a relationship with the Lord. Addiction creates complex behavioral health challenges, so we have integrated Life Renewal to provide state-approved counseling by our own professionally trained addiction counselors. Our students participate in individual and group therapy, and our counselors equip them with the tools they need to heal from their past and apply biblical principles to their lifelong recovery. 
we are offering students evidence-based treatment with a Christian worldview. This will allow them to live their lives um, in a more successful and positive way while also helping them to stand strong in their identity. We were designed to work, created to be productive. So our vocational training program helps our students establish the skills needed to be productive members of our society. Our thrift stores, work crews, and other vocational experiences teach important life skills, teamwork, leadership, stewardship, and integrity. We help students discover the joy of an honest day's work. And rather than sitting on the sidelines during their recovery, they build confidence as they put their new skills into practice. I see students really adapt very well in the stores. They're enjoying the environment they're in. They're, they're productive. They, you see uh, there's a reward in work that you've never seen before with students. The work that our students do sets them up to thrive once they leave our program. Discipleship is not just about learning the gospel, but also living it out. David Wilkerson founded this ministry on outreach. So Hope Outreach gives our students the opportunity to discover the joy of serving, to give back to their community, and to deliver hope beyond our campus walls. We work with local partners to bring compassion to our communities. Our students share their stories to bring prevention and awareness to local schools. We establish community discipleship groups for those in recovery, and we share the hope we have found in Christ through evangelism. At Adult and Teen Challenge, our comprehensive approach to recovery is allowing us to broaden our reach and improve outcomes for our students. Our comprehensive approach helps us put hope within reach of every addict and make lifelong disciples. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. But that's a really cool thing to see someone being um, given that opportunity to experience hope for the first time and everything about them begins to change. I just have an undeniable passion for God. I, he has brought me through so much and it honestly could only come from him. Probably the best decision I've ever made coming to the program. The program really molded me into a man of God. Like when I came in the program, I was a kid, I was 18 years old. Um, and it was in the program that I learned how to become a man as a student. Teen Challenge has uh, helped save my life. Um, just a quick, Brian, man, awesome. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit was moving. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all blessed by hearing your testimony today. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on your marriage and all, and all the men here. Good to see you here. Um, just a quick recap. The On the left side, looking back here now, is the Teen Challenge section, and also for the mission team will be on that other side, mm -hmm. so make sure you spend some time there. And then come on down to the Fellowship Hall, too. We've got some, uh, we've, we're putting in a little elevator down there and the, and the team was starting on that this week so pretty exciting things are happening mm -hmm. here and the Lord is moving yes. so let's stand and sing together mm -hmm. as we close in worship and celebrate Brian when I picked out the song I I was thinking this would be a great song um, not only for all of us and and just for giving praise and glory to God but the title of the song is what he's done and thank you, you know, for sharing what God has done. Awesome. And what he's going to be doing in all you guys, all of us. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. 
my Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side. No greater sacrifice. What he's done, what he's done, all the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven, my future is so much for being with us this morning and we were with you <laughs> equally important and it's exciting to hear what God is doing and I know it's a, it the word challenge is really in it isn't it it's a challenge but greater is he that is in you that is in the world Amen. praise God that's a wonderful gift mm -hmm. and you know it was really inspiring because all of us have benefited today yes. every single one I did I know I did and everybody here I know that the Holy Spirit is at work and I thank God that you're here today. Would you all join me in the Lord's Prayer? Mm -hmm. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And may the love of the Father and the sacrificial grace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship, the beautiful fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. And all God's wonderful people could say, Amen. Amen. Don't miss what's in the back. And then come on down to the Fellowship Hall, too, and say hi. And warm welcome to all of you. God, God bless you. Thank you.